Let the sky and God be our limit, and eternity our measurement. There is no height to which we cannot climb by using the active intelligence of our own minds. Mind creates, and as much as we desire in nature, we can have through the creation of our own minds. Marcus Garvey Welcome to this week's Warfare Advancement and Revisionism podcast. My name is Preston Floyd, and I am, as always, your host. So, uh, I'd like to thank everyone for continuing to listen. Um, I, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. I've gotten a little bit of feedback from it, and it's been mostly positive. Um, in fact, no negative. I don't know why I said mostly. Um, and this week, we're going to be going over um, the, I guess, the kind of religious beliefs of the Koi Koi groups. Uh, now, for those uh, that are wondering, I was going to do a little bit more. However, um, we've had some very bad storms where I live today. Uh, in fact, I lost power for about 30 minutes while I was trying to record earlier. Um, so this episode is actually probably going to be a little bit shorter because I only have a limited window before, I guess, the storms are going to come back through. Uh, so unfortunately, this week's episode is going to be a little bit shorter than I intended Um, But I'm hoping to get, you know, at least a sizable chunk and get kind of this discussion out of the way. Um, But uh, regardless, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. So, and again, we're going to be going over the Koi Koi religious groups. Um, And I want to reiterate that these are a loose group of different peoples with some overlap in language and heritage. And they are not directly related to the San that we discussed last time. They're grouped together today because of geographic, social, and superficial linguistic similarity. Uh, They have their own distinct religious traditions. And I should also clarify what I said last week about outside influence on the religions of these groups. The San were isolated longer than the Khoi Khoi and thus had less interaction with other groups. And while the Khoi Khoi were also isolated initially, they would encounter more groups earlier. And this affected all aspects of their development. Uh, So their original myths are tougher to get at than the Sands. Um, But I'm I'm gonna try my best. And of course, all that said, I wasn't able to find a true universal creation myth for them. In fact, I would say they've had more divergence in their religious traditions overall. Um, So I will have to settle for some of the more widespread stories and beliefs from these people. Uh, Like the San, they have separate creators. um, But unlike the San, they have a clear delineation between the two. their chief deity is again named differently depending on the group uh, but the most common names for him are Nadiba, Yseba, or Gamab. And like Kang for the San or uh, Kagan for the San depending on of course which group you're talking about, he's seen as creating the world that men live in and influence, influencing all natural phenomenon and spirits. Uh, that said, he seems a much more remote figure than Kang in a lot of the stories I've, I've found about him. Um, I didn't find many stories of him as a trickster hero. 
Uh, though I'm, I'm sure there are more, but this is just what I was able to find online. Uh, but that role is mostly filled by other figures. And, um, and of course, uh, again, I do need to reiterate that uh, the name of God among these groups is also a word for something that he oversees or provides. Nadiba is uh, from the Naro word for sky. Gamab is the Damara word for a provider or source of water. Also for the Naro word uh, sky, it is both used to refer to their god and the actual sky itself. Um, of course, you would refer to God uh, in a much more, I guess, you might call it a formal way. Um, and in fact, he, you know, he is said to live in like the upper sky, like the sky above the sky. Um, it's very much like a kind of a heaven allegory. Uh, and this may be something again that has been picked up from, you know you know, Muslim or Christian interaction in the area. Um, it's hard to say. Um, but he he is different uh, from Kagan in that he has more than one wife. Um, he has um, both, I guess, a wife for the day and a wife for the night. Uh, and they are referred to as basically the feminine, feminine version of Sky. Um, and, you know, you would refer to the one in the day, and then when you talk about the one at night, you refer to them the same name. Uh, but they each give him a child. Uh, one is the sun, one is the moon. Um, and a little bit of a difference from a lot of other religions that we'll get into later. Um, this one has the sun as a female and the moon as a male, which is unusual. I think you'll find in most religions the moon's more feminine, the sun's more masculine. Not always the case, but um, this could be the oldest example of that. Uh, and basically these two interact with each other and they, uh, in the uh, Koi Koi myth, uh, they are much less antagonistic towards each other than the sun myth. Uh, of course, this, in the sun mythology, uh, the sun chases the moon, kills him, and you know the moon revives itself. Whereas the sun and the moon in the Koi Koi tradition, um, they are consorts, and every day uh, they both um, kind of pursue one another, and then eventually they meet uh, when they're both below um, the world where you can't see them and then they uh, create the next sun and the moon. So they're constantly mating and giving birth to themselves. Um, at least that's kind of what I've seen. And uh, you know, the moon, again, is an important figure. Um, the sun is kind of seen as uh, important, obviously, for you know, warmth and light, uh, but she can get angry and make the world too warm. Uh, that's why this moon is preferred, and um, much like the sun, you know, the moon is involved in a lot of rain and fertility rituals and just general, you know, uh, very good um, ritual practice, you know, for, for good things to happen. The moon is very heavily involved. Um, in fact, uh, a lot of the early European accounts of the area, they specifically mentioned the koi as, and the sun, uh, but they mentioned both groups as being moon worshippers. 
um, which is not obviously that's very oversimplified and not strictly the case um, but you know for you know Europeans just riding the area with very little ability to communicate with these people or maybe even obviously you know any desire to communicate on a deep level um, there's obviously misunderstandings from that uh, now another similarity but also a difference that I should point out um, again their, their version of God is very much the motivating force behind nature and the natural order, um, much like Kagan or Kang is. However, he's he's not so much channeling the power. Um, he's more of a reflection or kind of a focus of it. Um, he's kind of seen as both um, he can kind of be overtaken by nature and he will perform things that are both good and bad you know in relation to humans obviously in the natural sense there's no good or bad it is just it is what it is but when he's kind of um you know he may be cause of um, violence or you know natural disaster um, basically he's kind of channeling all these different forces and in a much more primal way it's not like a magical way the way that kagan does for the sun at least that's kind of the the feel i get from reading these myths um and like um again another similarity but different for this is he also has a kind of an enemy um as it were like an antithesis to him and that is um, there's a couple of different names for him uh, it's uh, Gagorib or Ganab and he is kind of um, the personification or the spirit of death and uh, kind of sickness and evil and he kind of arises after the fact of creation, it seems like. At least he, he kind of shows up in these other myths. And a lot of um, the stories involving him kind of take part in the, again, a second era of creation. Um, again, this kind of division between the old world and the world of man. Um, and for the Koi, there are numerous hero gods or demigods that kind of come out of the conflict against Ganab. And there are some traditions that have these heroes as being aspects of um, uh, God, as it were, uh, kind of like Kagan, but also a little bit more. Um, they seem in most cases to be separate entities. And again, that could be just how the stories have come down to us, or they you know, they initially may have been more related. It could have been more of an Adiba or Gamab. Um, and I just realized Gamab and Ganab are very similar sounding. So if you can't quite get it, uh, the evil god is uh, uh, Gaunab, or G-A-U-N-A-B. And Gamab is G-A-M-A-B. Uh, very similar sounding. Um, and one of the aspects, uh, so there is, a, uh, again, he shares a very similar name to, um, depending on the group, to um, God, as it were. It's Hayitsi Ibib, uh, or Kabib, depending on, again, the thing. And he's, uh, he's one of the mythical ancestor heroes. 
Uh, he's, he's extremely famous. He was said to be the offspring of a cow that had some magical grass, and then he's the result of that cow eating the grass. And he's a great hunter and sorcerer and warrior. And he is, um, he, he killed Gagarib. Um, and uh, he's kind of a, he's, and he has many stories involving him. He, he dies and comes back to life numerous times. And he has, you know, a lot of burial sites all over. Uh, southern Africa. There are all these Karens that are said like, oh, this is where he died after he did such and such. Uh, and so he's very much a god of hunters, um, which is very important to a hunter-gatherer society. And even though as time goes on, these people do become more pastoralists, um, you know, they still have that hunter tradition. So um, it's kind of hard to get a whole lot for him uh, or to get away from him, I should say. Uh, another and, and basically I think one of those versions of the story I read is essentially that um, Gagarib has kind of um, set himself up over a kind of a bottomless pit and he invites people to come and try to throw rocks and, and you know knock him in and essentially you know he's there to tempt him but every time someone tries and does it uh, he, he fools them uh, they'll throw the rock, they'll hook him in the head, and the rock just bounces off his head, and it bounces back and kills them. Uh, you know, it's very much like, oh, I'm going to try to, um, you know, be, defeat death. Death always, just, you know, ends up getting them uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, then we have another version of that myth, and a different name, again, different group. Um, and this is uh, Sweet Goab. Uh, he is another supreme being, and he can also kind of be seen as like the, the I guess another version of uh, God. Uh, but he's also kind of considered the um, um, kind of the founder of the Koi people, and then, and also I should point out Koi Koi is a word for um, it essentially means. Um, men of men or people people or it, which can you know be translated as true people um so they're like basically related this is kind of like a very much an in-group religion um but sui guab he's kind of um you know his village is being struck by uh gagarib uh and, and you know gagarib you know is gonna kill everyone and take them you know take them away to the afterlife and so he go up, kind of stands up and says, no, you know, if, um, you know, I'm going to, I challenge you to do a fight. And if I win, you have to, you know, basically restore my people to health and all this, you know, just kind of leave them alone, essentially. And Kagareb's like, okay, sure. And they fight and um, so he go up, somehow emerges victorious. Um, and as uh, he defeats Gagarib, Gagarib like strikes him in the leg or the knee, and this causes a wound. But you know, uh, and that's how he get. That's what essentially what the name means. It's like um, like torn knee or something along, along those lines. And um, uh, he wins, but Gagarib says, "Well, you know, this, you know, what you want me to do, I can't do. It's it's basically impossible for him to restore and give good health because he's." He's the spirit of death and evil. Uh, you know, he can't do all these good things. But um, because of the strike on his knee, uh, kind of Sugab is able to transcend 
mortality, and he becomes a god of um, you know healing and health and all this you know good stuff and civilization. Essentially, uh, he becomes a great chief and leader among uh, the various koi groups. Uh, I think also Utixo is another name he's known by. Uh, I think um, he kind of shows up in some other. Uh, religions, so there might be common ground there, or it might be a borrowing or kind of a synchronization uh, from those two groups. But that'll be for a future kind of story to get into. Uh, so essentially, again, there's less to go with uh, with the koi koi stories. Well, there's not less to go with. There's plenty to go with. The question is, how much of this is original to them? How much have they practiced this? Um, or how long have they practiced this before they were influenced by outside groups? And it's really impossible to say, unfortunately. Um, I think anything related to the hunting and the gathering is probably original to them. So I think Hitsi uh, Ibib or Kabib, um, the you know the hunter god, he is probably extremely old, as old as their version of that initial sky god um, with his wives and you know his uh, celestial children the moon and the sun um, and so what's the difference between the koi and the san religions um, well the san religion uh, as it is uh, is very much related uh, there's not much of a distinction between humans and um Animals, at least as it comes to the creation myth, um, kind of everything's related to everything else, kind of deal. Whereas the koi koi, the religion is very much how are the gods related to each other, and how are people related to the gods. Um, you know, the San religion, you know, God has essentially abandoned us. The koi do not hold that. Uh, God's still there. He's he's the sky itself. Um, even if it's above the the night sky or the day sky, he's always there. Um, but you know, is you know very I think a powerful belief, especially since you can look up and see it. Um, the sky is always doing something. It's not like that. There's a mystery. Um, so I think that is a big distinction. Another distinction is that um, uh, we talked about briefly uh, what is a demiurge, um, kind of you know that trickster or kind of crafts figure uh, that is not necessarily the creator of the world, but maybe a creator or a creator of the universe, but maybe just a creator of the world or order. Um, we don't really have that with Nadiba uh, or Gamib, whatever you want to call him. He's not a demiurge. He is very much a just a strict creator or you know um, leader of order or nature, I should say, uh, the natural order, not order with a capital O. Um, very very primal still, but he. You know, it seems like he is given the the top billing. He is not just channeling nature. He is nature itself. Um, so he's a bit more, I think, shall we say, primal. 
and kind of more omnipotent than, say, Kagan is for the San. Um, Kagan can make mistakes or he can be crossed by, you know, his inferiors, whereas Nadiba is, he cannot be crossed. He, he is nature itself. He will do what he will do, good or bad for a human. Uh, it doesn't matter. He's, that's the way things are. It will be done because he wants it done that way or he has to do it that way because, again, he, that, that's just his nature. Um, so even at the early stage of development, I can tell that you know there's there's definitely differences between these two groups. There's not like a common religious background, or if there is, it is extremely ancient and primordial, and I doubt we could ever kind of get anything from it. Um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, so I think the biggest, again, just to kind of summarize, just reiterate what I just said. Um, San religion is very much everything's relation to everything else, whereas the Koi relation is uh, the gods' relations to each other and the relations to the Koi people themselves. Other people don't seem to really enter into their equation, at least when it comes into their mythology or their worship of the gods or nature so um yeah i yeah that's uh, kind of a heady couple of episodes um i wish i had had more time this week because i did want to kind of go ahead and introduce everything in our next well what will be our next episode i at least wanted to get started on the groups so uh, just to kind of give you guys a preview for next week, we are going to be moving up from southern Africa to kind of the middle, uh, the central part of Africa, and the kind of the more uh, middle east of Africa, for lack of a better term. Um, and we'll be going over the different groups. We'll get to uh, the pygmies of central Africa. And uh, we will kind of try and guess what groups are in that eastern section of Africa south of the Horn. Um, there's going to be a little bit of guesswork on that because, uh, again, the people living there now are not the people that are living there 10,000 years ago. And I'll go in a little bit more detail, um, obviously, that's a very big episode for Africa uh, in the next thousand years or so. But um, again, everything in its time. Um, I have decided I'm going to basically continue the historical episodes for the next couple of weeks. Um, so uh, the 8th through the 29th. And then I'm going to try and record a couple of more episodes for the 30th that is uh, memorial day here in the united states it's a holiday for a lot of people um, i do have that monday off so i think what i'm going to do is i think i'm going to record the um the alpha movie and possibly also the 10,000 bc movie and um maybe put those out sometime during that week as kind of bonus episodes or possibly just do maybe a um two episode 
release on the 29th and 30th, and then that following weekend, um, that first weekend in June, uh, and then um, do a uh, kind of a back-to-back for the 5th and the 6th for a regular historical episode, and then another one of the movies. Uh, But that's my game plan right now, and um, I thank everyone for listening. Um, You can reach me at my email for the podcast, which is waradrevpod at gmail.com. That's W-A-R-A-D-R-E-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. And I will have the Twitter feed for the account linked in the description of the episode. Um, And I hope to hear from you. And again, if you have any questions or comments, anything you feel like I should mention or kind of want me to discuss or kind of circle back on, please do let me know. I am looking for feedback. I am very pleased with the numbers. It's very small you know, group of listeners, but they do appear to be very regular. Uh, but anyway, uh, again, thank you all for listening, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Goodbye.